Hey, a quick reminder. We would love to hear from you about your best summer travel stories. Give us a call and tell us about the places you went, the people that you have met, the things that you learned while traveling. Uh, you can record a voice memo and email it to us at hello at atlasobscura.com or call us and leave a message at 315-992-7902. Looking forward to hearing from you. The first time I went out to Josephine Baker's Chateau, it was 2012. As you're driving up the single lane road, you can see the chateau from the distance. And there was these two beautiful castle doors that you walk inside. And I went by myself. No one else was in the chateau but me. And I remember being up some stairs and in a room and I was just, I was crying a little bit. I, I couldn't believe it. And then I heard a lady's voice. And I turned around, I looked in the room that I was in, I didn't see anybody. I was like, oh, that's weird. And so I walked through all the rooms where I was. And then I started to feel tingly. You know, that's a, that's a weird word, isn't it? Uh, but I started to feel like I wasn't by myself. I thought, oh, you're being weird, Tracy. You know, maybe some there's some back door. You know, you try to justify. But after I gave myself permission to feel what I was feeling, I did feel like um, the spirit of Josephine was there. And when I went downstairs, you know, to exit, you go through the gift shop. Well, there was only one lady there. I, I told her, she said, yeah, no one came in. No one, I said, okay. Um, and then I told her and she said, you know, a lot of black women that come from the U.S. that come here say they feel the same thing. So it's not unusual that you're saying this to me. And I was like, okay. So that was my first uh, experience uh, personal experience, that's what I would call it. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we're talking with writer and travel educator Tracy Friley about the glamorous life of the entertainer, French resistance agent, and civil rights activist Josephine Baker. And we'll hear about the pilgrimages women still make to her chateau. That is all after this. For your next vacation spot, check out Texas for their vast landscape of culture, regions, destinations, and activities. Explore 350 miles of coastline and every kind of hiking trail from strenuous to wheelchair accessible. Enjoy world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Travel Texas even offers an online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where one travel comes in. 
With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. This is an important part of the show. So who are you and, oh, and how oh, yeah. do you spend your time? Okay. <laughs> um, my name is Tracy Friley. I am the owner of Tracy Friley Travel, and I am also a maker. So I do a lot of things. I call myself a polymath. <laughs> yeah. Tracy sees her travel business as more than a touring company. She is passionate about teaching people how to travel, especially women who are leaving the United States for the first time. She spent years working on the Passport Party Project, which helped underrepresented teen girls get their first passports and plan trips for them to places like Belize, Toronto, and Paris. In 2013, Tracy was actually named Traveler of the Year by National Geographic Travel. So, Tracy, where did you first kind of get interested, or what, what's the memory you have of kind of first starting to think about Josephine Baker? Actually, I don't even know where it started, to be honest with you. I, I can't tell you the first time I heard about Josephine Baker. I, I really don't know. Um, I know my first experiences, right? Tracy has had many Josephine experiences over the course of her life. But the first major one was when she was in her 20s. She was trying to get work as a model in Europe, traveling from city to city. I just had to go to Paris. I just was drawn there. And I still remember how it felt. I remember just being by myself in a piano bar. And I remember the first person I spoke to started speaking to me in French. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I belonged, Mm -hmm. right? There was no question about whether or not I should be there. I didn't feel any kind of, which was very different than being a black American woman. Um, and then I remember thinking, this is how she must have felt. Josephine Baker came to Paris when she was just 19 years old. It was the 1920s and she was a performer. she already been singing and dancing in vaudeville shows across the U.S. since she'd left home at 15. You know, she was a complicated woman who had the fight in her and the wherewithal to leave her own country because she refused to deal with the atrocities of racism. And she made a life for herself in a foreign country, which for a black woman to do, even though lots of entertainers made the trek, she became a star. That's yeah. huge. That's, you know, it's, it's a big deal. You've probably actually seen pictures or watched recordings of some of the performances that made Josephine Baker famous. Like the Dance Sauvage, where she danced across the stage in a skirt made out of bananas. A critic at the time described it this way. She is in constant motion, her body writhing like a snake, or more precisely, 
like a dipping saxophone. Music seems to pour from her body. She lived out loud, and I love that about her. Some of the little details of her life are just like the greatest. Like during her stage shows, she had a cheetah who would would sometimes escape into the orchestra pit and like add an extra level of of, uh, excitement to the show. Like that's such an amazing detail and such a... um, You can really imagine that, uh, you know. Yeah, she she was a spy. Yeah, yes. Do you know what I mean? She was a spy. <laughs> she became a spy she, for, for the British during World War II, right? She she was like... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, and there's all these things we don't know. Just, you know, there's all these things we do know because you can, you can get her biography. You can yeah. read about, you know, the details of her life. But just think about the things we don't know, you know, yeah. that um, have gone unsaid, but... She was a very unique woman at a very unique time in history. Yeah. And I think that time in history makes her a lot more relevant also because she was Mm. pioneering. She would have been my friend. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) In the late 1940s, Josephine Baker bought the Chateau de Milan, a Renaissance castle in the French countryside. Just so our listeners can imagine it, what does the chateau look like? What does Josephine Baker's chateau oh. look like? <laughs> um, you know, the chateau for me starts as you're driving up the road. Hmm. You can see the chateau from the distance. There are a lot of, obviously, chateaus in um, France, and especially in the Dordogne, in that region. And they're all quite beautiful. But... The road to her place is one built with anticipation, of Hmm. course. But once you get inside the gates, there's the gardens are absolutely beautiful. And where you think they stop, you know, there's little paths that lead down further. Inside, there are stained glass windows and winding staircases. The bathrooms have marble floors and some of Josephine's bejeweled gowns can be seen on display. When Tracy visited the chateau for the first time in 2012, she was already a fan of Josephine Baker. But visiting the chateau, being there alone, and hearing someone's voice echoing through the halls, it connected Tracy to Josephine. It sounds, I don't want to sound weird, but it wasn't until later that I when I saw like a video of her, I was coming out of her chateau and there's this video they show you. And I was like, Oh my God, I do that same silly dance in front of my husband all the time, having (laughs) never seen her do it. Right. Yeah. Like, and so the woman at the chateau said to me, you know, a lot of black women come here and feel like they can feel the spirit of her, which is the whole reason for the pilgrim. It's a pilgrimage. Yeah, it really is. And then I thought I need to take, women out on this pilgrimage because this is a whole nother level uh is a whole nother level of experience tracy started a travel business and the first trip she organized was for just two women but with every new experience more and more women wanted to sign up and it was usually women that were over 50 that maybe had taken care of their families their whole lives, their children, their grandchildren, and had finally given themselves permission to go out into the world. Some of them getting their first passports, 
often their first opportunities outside of the United States. And so I was really proud of that. Tracy returned to Josephine Chateau over and over again. And as she introduced new people to the castle, it introduced new people to her. She even met one of Josephine's sons once when she was visiting. And since, she's become friends with the castle's current owner. Because we should note, even though Josephine Baker loved this castle, she ultimately lost ownership of it. By 1964, Josephine Baker was in debt. She'd spent her money pretty generously, but she'd also been taken advantage of. So the chateau was put up for auction. Josephine was devastated. She barricaded herself in the kitchen and refused to leave. But the new owner had her forcibly removed. She was weak, in shock, and ended up being hospitalized. Her friend, Princess Grace of Monaco, helped her find a new place to live. And at age 62, after having built a new life for herself in a foreign country, after having served as a spy during World War II and spoken next to Martin Luther King Jr. at the March on Washington, Josephine Baker went back to performing. It was the only way for her to support herself. On April 8, 1975, Josephine took to the stage at the Bobino Theater in Paris. It was a celebration of her 50 years in French show business, and it was the performance of a lifetime. The crowd was so full they had to add extra fold-out chairs just to fit everybody. Josephine Baker died four days later. She was found in her bed, surrounded by rave reviews of her performance. She couldn't have a quiet passing, you know, it had to be this big, you know, I'm going to do this performance. Um, you know, there had to be controversy surrounding it because yeah. that was Josephine. Yeah. She had a complicated life. I, you know, I don't fantasize about the reality of her life. I mean, there's, you know, she started in poverty. I'm sure it wasn't an easy road. Yeah. Uh, but I, that makes me respect the journey even more. So I'm thrilled to be a part of her legacy in the way that I am. This is my take on someone who I respect and admire. You know, when you take women on this real kind of spiritual journey, what do you hope that they come away with? What are you sort of hoping to give them as a part of this process? Uh, I, I, I think I don't know. I just think I know how it makes me feel. And if I can give even an iota of that to someone else, then, um, I think I've done my job, but she gave people permission Mm -hmm. to take the leap. And if, if nothing else, then these kinds of, you know, finding Josephine could mean finding her in your heart Um, and finding some piece of her that you are... See, the dog agrees. (laughs) Finding some piece of her that um, you can relate to. Yeah. That, um, you know, maybe changes how you view your place in the world.
Thank you so much to Tracy Friley for taking the time to talk with us today. If you're interested in learning more about her travel business or going on a glamorous trip with her, you can find her at tracyfreilytravel.com. The link is in our episode description. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. This episode was produced by Sarah Wyman. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Camille Stanley, Tracy Samuelson, Camille Mojica, Chilenya Onike, Maddie Weinberg, John Delore, Peter Clowney, Manolo Morales. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was sound designed by Chris Naka and mixed by Luce Fleming. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. And I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. Talk to you soon. Witness Docs from Stitcher. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. The most exciting part of a vacation stay at a home rental? Easy. It's being greeted upon arrival with a rusted lockbox affixed to the underside of a stranger's condo. Yeah, you simply twist knobs, click gears, jiggle it, and then rip it off its moorings, and voila! Your prize is a key to a questionable home rental and maybe tetanus. When you just want to get your vacation started by actually getting into your room, it matters where you stay. At Hilton, we deliver your key right to your phone on the Hilton Honors app. Hilton, for the stay.